0: Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, my patrons. It's time for the podcaster who's wearing a lemony kerchief uh, to give you a lemony bomb for your ears, uh, and uh, who's been told that lemon balm and lemon are not the same thing. But uh, hopefully, it is, it's it's uh, this. I uh, give you balmy loves like you know. But I don't know. But thanks for supporting the show, patrons. What do you say we get on with the show? Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake. It could be thoughts, you know, things you're thinking about, things on your mind, uh, feelings. Uh, So any emotions coming up for you related to the feelings or the thoughts or uh, they're just emoting. Uh, They're just, you know, they're just there. Uh, Or physical sensations. It could be changes in routine, routine or time or temperature uh, whatever it is, it could be many, 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 many things. Whatever it is, I'd like to take your mind off of that. Uh, what I'm going to do is, what I propose to do is, uh, whatever's keeping me awake, I'd like to take your mind off that. What I'm going to do is, I'm going to send my voice. Is there another part? Whatever, keep you up at tossing, turning mind racing. Trouble getting sleep, trouble staying sleep. Uh, I can't remember the next part. <laughs> Forgetfulness, that might keep me up later. Yeah, whatever is keeping me awake, I'd like to take your mind off. That's exactly what I'd like to do. I don't think I can do it in a straightforward way. But the way I'm going to do it, and I did get distracted because I was supposed to remember something, and now I can't remember what I was supposed to remember. So I got to apologize to the listener who tried to remind me. Uh, hopefully I'll remember what they told me to remember. But I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark night. I'm going to use the lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. I'm going to go off topic. I'm going to get mixed up and confused. Oh boy, all of those things. Upcoming on the, this episode of Sleep With Me. Pointless meanders, creaky dulcet tones. Holy moly. Uh, superfluous tangents, ideally creating a safe place to take your mind off of stuff as you drift off. Now, a few important things to know if you're new. One is, uh, if you're new, is it that uh, this show does not work for everybody, though there are a few people it has worked for immediately. Like 90% of people say that the uh, first two or three tries they didn't like the show or they were feeling ambivalent, or uncertain, or uh, skeptical, or they just weren't into it. And sometimes that's because you have expectations of something different, and sometimes it's because you're just waiting to see what happens, and then the second or third time you realize, well, nothing's really happening. So, like... uh, then, then you can so just kind of so if you're having any of those reactions, it's totally normal. I mean, creaky. You say how many other podcasts have creaky dulcet tones? And you say I don't know. the the that uh, the barn door cast has creaky dulcet tones. Uh, uh, the old garage, old wooden garage door podcast has them. Um. That one podcast from The Swamp, I don't know which one. I can't remember what it's called, though. Uh What else? Uh, the uh, the Creaky Dulcet cast. Actually, they have the sweetest voices, but they talk about... uh I think that's just a tribute cast. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Uh, okay. Uh, what was my point? I don't know about that one either, Scoots. So... Oh, so the first thing to you know is, yeah, this podcast does not work for everybody, but for 90% of the people that it worked for, took two or three tries. Which, you know, that's kind of actually 100% better than most sleep solutions. I'm not trying to brag, but uh, maybe even more than that. I'm not good at math either. Because usually for me, it's the opposite. I try something once and it works, or and I try it again, it might work. Uh, and then the third time I try it, it doesn't work anymore. Or whatever the other things they said, oh, it made me groggy the next day, or oh, I woke up, you know. So, sleeping actually works the reverse of most sleep solutions. You say most of the time, it's the first time it doesn't work, uh, it drives you up a wall. Uh, but then the second or third time, it gets more effective. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm laughing because I didn't realize the irony. I made almost 900 episodes, or this may even be around 900. I don't even know. So that's pretty funny to me. I'm sorry, but but it is. They say, wait a second. This is one of the few sleep sleep solutions. that's and it doesn't really work initially, but then it starts to work regularly. So give it a few tries, because there's really there's really no investment other than your time. So just kind of see how it goes. Also, don't try to this kind of go, piggybacks on that. Don't try to make sense of it. Uh, Yes, another thing I never thought of that doesn't go with bedtime, but I got to point out piggybacking. No piggybacking. Well, okay, there are exceptions leading up to bedtime, but we'll get into that. But uh, so, uh, yeah, give it a few, few, few tries and don't try to figure the podcast out. It's best consumed in a loose, out-of-focus way. Because it doesn't make any sense initially or later on. You say, wow, as soon as I realized it doesn't make any sense, I got, then that Scoots would, if Scoots was heading towards a point, he would go in a different direction. And building on that, it's a podcast you don't need to listen to. You could just barely listen. And it's not so much meant to, help, to put you to sleep as to be here as you fall asleep to keep you company as you drift off. So it's more of like your bedtime companion. I try to be your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar bud, your boar bestie versus uh, something more grand. But though, being a boar bestie, you can't really do better than that, can you? Which is like your best boar friend. Best boar friend. BBF, uh, BBFs, uh, best friends, right? BB... How come, it, isn't there three letters in best, best, best friend, best BBF? Don't they say BBF or they just say BF, my best friend? Yeah, I'm your BBF, your best boyfriend. I may be missing something in there, but, as you know, that's one of the keys to the podcast. So those are a few things to note. The other thing that can get throw people off is the structure of the show. And, uh, I guess the reason someone reminded me recently, they were like, Scoots, can you remember to mention in the intro, uh, something? And then I said, no problem. I'll tell like, I just, you might have to remind me again. And I think it's that some people, the podcast works for the first time, uh, but it could be something else. And I'll try to find the email and reread it because <laughs> like, uh. Uh, but yeah, do this part of the show for everybody because then, you, I don't know. So if you're new, those are for some things to remember. The other thing if could throw new listeners off, uh, but regular listeners like it, is the structure of the show. So show starts off with a few minutes a bit. Uh, so your show starts off with a greeting. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends beyond the binary. So you know you're welcome here. Then we go into uh, business. That's how we bring the show out twice a week. Uh, then there's an intro and the intro is around 12 to 18 minutes of me rambling about nothing, but it tries to introduce the podcast to new listeners and give regular listeners a chance to get ready for bed, to get in bed and get comfortable. So, uh, yeah, so there's like, uh, so that's cause a lot of new people say, why is the intro so long? Does it doesn't make any sense. You know, what are you talking about business the whole time? I say, no, I mean, I guess technically you'd say it's like housekeeping. How come there's no reality house? I mean, well, Marie Kondo, you got me already. I said, how come there's no reality housekeeping shows? That's what one of my part of my brain said, and now another part of my brain is thinking of like fifty. I say, okay, this old house, m- m- tidying up, uh, all those fixing and remodeling shows. I guess if I had a show, I would combine it with, like, a, a spiritual show or, like, a value based show. You say, bless this mess. Uh, uh, I don't know. Is there a show called that? Because there should be. You say, well, we go to people's house, and uh, I don't know what we would do. We'd say, great job. Maybe it would be we give out rewards for people's houses as they are. Bless this mess. And we fold in, like, uh, a universal message uh, and a universal truth in every episode of uh, dignity, hope, and courage. Uh, Bless this mess. Uh, Or it could be we go around, uh, you know, I don't know. So, anyway, what does it have to do with anything? So, the intro is kind of like this, where I go off topic. uh, So, for a new listener, you kind of get an idea of what you're in for. But for a regular listener, they're getting ready for bed. They're winding down or they're already in bed comfortable. And then about 2% of listeners skip the episode. Maybe this is another thing some people have to remind me of. There is this, there's actually more than 2% of people that listen during the day or listen to the whole episodes to relax or for a little break or whatever. And then there's the people that can't sleep. So this is actually the only – that's the other thing about the show, why it's an hour. If you can't sleep, I'm here to keep you company. And also to remind you that there's no pressure to fall asleep. So that's the intro. Then there's some business. Then there'll be our uh, episodically modular serial series, Otter Things, O T T E R T H I N G S, about Emma Otter and her friends. A real nice, you know, real nice uh, series. And then there'll be some thank yous and stuff. So that's the structure of the show. There's no need to listen, no pressure to fall asleep. Um, And there's a reason I make the show. And the reason I make the show is twofold. One, you deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve a place of respite where you can relax and feel good. And two, I've been there. I know how it feels. Tossing and turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Uh, All those things. And I, w- I want to help if I can. And then I guess I mentioned, mentioned uh, piggybacking at bedtime, but I guess like so, uh, I guess there's like the uh, picturesque piggybacking, which would be either you're the—I don't know how—I don't even know what it came up with that term. I mean, it, it sounds like a problematic term to me, to be honest. But uh, you could be the carrier, and you're carrying someone into bed, and you're saying, "Hey, toss you into bed now. Have fun. You're naughty poo." Or you're the gleeful youngster. Uh, I mean, yeah, there could, believe me, I'll get into the, the half, pig, half Like, It could be two grown adults, uh, and it could be part of your, you know, uh, operational procedures, uh, your warm-up. Uh, so that's different. But this one would be like, yeah, you say, oh, fun. I can't wait to go to sleep. So, but, so, you, like, uh, but I guess that's the only time it would be good so I guess piggybacking is like more like the, like getting ready for bed, because you couldn't really piggyback someone in bed. That'd be it'd be counterproductive because you say, "Well, my back's tired. Why can't I just put you down?" You know, you're already in your bed. But maybe it's like an extended. Well, I just want to like hold on to your back while you read me a bedtime story. You say, "Okay, fair enough. I get it." Uh, so I guess that didn't really go anywhere. You can't go very far piggybacking anyway. I mean, unless you're like someone that's in phenomenal shape, even then, I don't know. So, okay, so that's about it. I mean, I guess that's everything. Um, I'm glad you're here. Give the show a few tries. I just really hope it can help you. I mean, that's why I make the show. But I appreciate you coming by uh, and checking the podcast out. And I really yearn a I strive. I really want to help you fall asleep. Thanks again. And here's a couple ways we're able to bring this podcast uh, ...twice a week. Uh, hey everybody, this is Scooch. Welcome to our episodically modular and somewhat serialized series, Otter Things. O-T-T-E-R-T-H-I-N-G-S. Uh, actually going to turn um, things over to uh, the host of the Otter Things. Uh, and uh, But I just want to let you know it's a serialized episodic series, which means that at the beginning of each episode, you'll get caught up on everything that's happening... So you can listen to it in any order, and I found that actually the, the recaps uh, actually put a lot of people to sleep. So some people listen to starting at the recap uh, on other nights because they say, well, just the recap itself uh, is enough. Uh, I sleep just fine during the recap, and that way I can sleep through the whole story. So if you need to or you're, you're thinking, well, this is episode uh, three, it's okay. it'll, it'll you'll, you'll be fine. You, you, you won't get mixed up, or you will get mixed up. Uh, but you won't miss anything. And if you miss anything, you could re-listen. Uh, and then if those of you that listen uh, during the night, because uh, you can't sleep or you want some company, you'll get caught up on the story, and then you'll hear the next part of the story altogether. Uh, and I'll be here to keep you company to the end. Uh, so without further ado, I'm turning things over to uh, Emma Otter. Yeah. Hey, this is Emma, 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 Emma Otter here. Uh, record, I just wanted to make sure I was recording. I was a little bit nervous. Uh, and I'm here to tell you the story of Otter Things, the story of my town and my friends, my family, and the residents of our town here. And we live in a swamp. I'm trying to think of everything I need to tell you. Uh, Once upon a time, there's a town in a swamp uh, filled with uh, uh, swampland creatures. uh, And it was a sleepy little town, a nice town to live in, not like the hustle and bustle of places like uh, River Bottom or Henson Town. It was just a nice place to live. And that's where I grew up and I was born, Emma Otter. And I lived there with my parents and my brother, Tefe, and uh, my youngest uh, sibling. And my best friends are Willow, uh, Vaughn, and Elijah. Not in any particular order. You probably know which of those three is my best, best friend, if you're listening to this. Um, and particularly if you are my best friend, you say, well, I know which one of those three is b- b- my best fr- Emma's best friend. I am. You're correct in that assumption. So those are my friends, and uh, who else do you need to know? Uh, uh, Let's see, Emma and Tefe, that's me and my brother, my parents. My parents aren't that important, you know? I mean, to me, they are. To you, you know, they're like, uh, it could be considered the chorus. Uh, Willow has a a sister, Dari, and her mom is Frances, and they all live together. Uh, And, you know, they do play a part in this tale. Uh, The bull, the bullfrog. uh, Leon's his name, but we all call Bull Bull. And there's probably other people I'm forgetting that are really important, but uh, I just wanted to set the stage. Once upon a time, we all lived in our town. We went about our lives. Middle school, uh, bards and big bunnies. That's a role-playing game we play. And you know we all do, we all like to play music, but uh, we also deep down knew that everything would be well. So keep that in mind when you hear this story, because sometimes stories take a while to get, It takes a whole journey of life. I think my my uncle Emmett once sang a song about that. Uh, how many journeys of life it takes to realize? Oh, all will be, all is, and all will be well. But I want to tell you that right up front in case you say, well, it doesn't seem that way, Emma. And I say, yeah, I'm looking back and telling you this uh, with more knowledge than you have. And much more knowledge than I had at the time. when One day after a game of uh, big bunnies and bards in my house, uh, LJ, Vaughn, and uh, Willow went home. And, uh, they all headed home except for Willow and, and, uh, over the next, uh, t- period of time, uh, we wondered where did Willow go if Willow didn't go home? Did Willow go on a goose chase following geese? Uh, it did as, uh, Yvonne would say, Willow we get caught up in some sort of comic book adventures with creatures from another world or friends, you know, friends from another world. Yeah, you're right, uh. Uh, was it something like a B- Big Bunny and Bards? Uh, did Emma, like, because we had played a game where Emma, ha- uh, I'm sorry, Willow, I uh, not used to being the character in my own story, but did, did, where Willow, did Willow say, well, there's a big bunny coming to take all the town's food. Maybe I'll protect the town, like in a game of Big Bunnies and Bards. Or, you know, was it something else, like Emma just went for a walk? or did We found out last episode Emma did not go to visit her dad in Riverbottom because uh, Dari Babs and Tefe had driven there. And, uh, and actually, that's probably a good place to start. Uh, and I'll catch you up as we go on, too. But uh, this is a most famous resident of our town, uh, actor... Uh philanthroper philanthropist mister Antonio Banderas. thank you, Emma. The ladies gentlemen, the boys, the girls, the friends behind the binary. Residents of Swampland and Every Land. This is an episode of Otter Things could you remember the take notes i gave you antonio oh yes uh, this is an episode of otter things splish spl- this is an uh, oh yeah uh, this is an episode of otter things A splish splash that was great you didn't you, there was no sibilance on that uh, so uh, this is an episode of otter things i'm, I'm an otter I guess you could say I'm reporting, but not I'm reporting to you, dear listener. And on uh, the fact that uh, when we start out, um, my uh, brother Taffe and Willow's sister and um, uh, Willow's best friend, Babs, had headed out to Riverbottom uh, to talk to uh, Willow and uh, Dari's uh, um Uh, dad, uh, Lenny, about, uh, you know, where was, if if, uh, Will had come there, maybe to either visit or to start her career as a busker in Riverbottom, but Lenny said no. But then when Dari got back to the car, she found that Tefe and Babs were uh, K-I-S-S-I-N-G-ing Ian Dari probably doesn't want anybody to know this, but Dari kind of had some feelings uh, for Tefe, which is a mistake, you know, I would if we would have sat down. But, you know, Teffe just has, uh, you know, I'm just rolling my eyes right now. I don't know what to say, but to tell you that, that's a fact, unfortunately. Uh, so uh, Dari was a little bit upset that she'd found uh, Teffe and Babs kissing. So she drove home, and then she pulled over because she was, like, so displeased. She was going to—because Tefe had borrowed uh, our Uncle Emmett's truck, and uh, daughter was going to throw the keys in the swamp near the tunnel uh, that goes to the place beyond the swamp that we're not allowed to go to. And uh, then Taffy apologized to Dari and said, hey, just let's like, uh, let's not throw the keys in the swamp. It was my bad. Uh, uh, And I know you're going through a hard time with Willow. You know, we're not sure. And we thought Willow might be your dad's, but uh, we'll, we'll figure this out together. And they went back to the car to find that Babs wasn't there. They kind of noticed some goose feathers, slimy goose feathers, but they thought that Babs probably had that on her shoe and headed off and walked home. And that was only partly true because what had happened was Babs uh, waited for Dari and Teffe. And then, you know, naturally Babs said, well, what if they're kissing now? I'm not sure how I feel about that. And Babs headed out to find them uh, on a path because they had kind of parked in a uh, no, actually another place that's popular for uh, teens that are doing that. Uh, and then Babs kind of got like took a path. Then she heard a noise, and she said that she thought it sounded like a bunny. Then she thought she saw bunny ears. He and Babs started to follow the bunny, and it was like a forced perspective situation. So Babs thought it was a small bunny uh, far away, but really it was a larger bunny that was closer. But she started following the bunny, and I can tell you that, you know, just like I said, all will be well with Babs. Uh, but at the time, Babs said, hey, bunny, bunny, are you lost? Uh, don't go that way, because, you know, as far as Babs knew, that bunnies really weren't— um, meant to be swimming around in the swamp but maybe hopping around the edges of the swamp. And Babs was a very caring person. Then she got close to the bunny and she realized that uh, it was a different bunny than she had seen. It wasn't a pure bunny. It had like a goose feathers in addition to fur. And there was some slime on it. And, and she may have seen like even like geese, uh, like she she was like, okay, maybe I'm seeing something. You're not a bunny. You're a big bunny goose type thing. Now, it's interesting that uh, uh, Dory and Willow's dad's named Lenny, because what happened was very reminiscent of a different Lenny, but not totally like that Lenny from a, a famous book, uh, because the bunny actually swept Babs out and said... Like, it reverse what Babs was doing and said, oh, are you, like, and now the bunny didn't speak, it kind of just communicated without words. Uh, but Babs could, was immediately relaxed as the bunny swept her up in its arms or paws uh, or wings and said, oh, are you, oh, look at this little creature here. Oh, let me care for you and take good care of you and take you care of you and bring you home, uh, but this bunny actually, bunny goose was actually pretty gentle. So it did a sweep Babs away, but then it started hopping, and Babs said, Where are you hopping to, bunny? Uh, and the bunny didn't really answer, uh, and it went to the place beyond the swamp where we we're not supposed to go. But Babs was also falling asleep, and so Babs fell into a deep sleep. And the bunny kind of hopped off a little bit like Babs was a pet, which is not exactly the reality because Babs is a, like a sentient being with free will. But maybe the bunny didn't know that. And they hopped off. And like I said, all will be well eventually. Like, uh, But I just can't tell you everything, right? And actually, I can't even remember it because the way my memory works is uh, I have to remember things in order as they happened, kind of. Not everything. I can kind of go backwards, but it's just a a quirk of my memory when I'm telling stories that uh, I can't jump ahead. I mean, I can jump around in the story. You know what I mean? I get mixed up. Now, meanwhile, back at the car, uh, Tefe and Dari had said, well, maybe Babs Babs must have gone home. She must have been frustrated with both of us. Uh, And uh, so they started driving home, and as they drove home, uh, and neither one of them was really sure how to feel like they had they, they had their own feelings, so they were unaware that Babs had been swept up in the arms of a ghost bunny, and they were more concerned with the awkwardness or did they want to kiss or what isn't that confused you know isn't that a little bit they their teens? you know being a teen is not easy, it's confusing and so Darry didn't really want to talk about it. Tefe did and actually I think Tefe was more on the strong side of like hey like uh, I think I, you know, I think I was kissing Babs, but thinking of you or something. And Dari said, "Let's not talk about it." Uh, remember, I'm dealing with stuff with Willow. And maybe we'll talk. Uh, Tuffy said, "Are you going to come to school tomorrow?" And uh, Dari said, "Well, maybe. I don't know." And Tuffy said, "Well, I hope I see you at school tomorrow." I'm sorry again. And then and, and Dari went inside. And Dari thought she was going to try to sneak inside. It was like early in the morning. Uh, and she was like, maybe I'll catch a couple hours of sleep before school. And meanwhile, as she snuck inside, uh, she like snuck down the hall to her room, which is across from Willow's room. Uh, and her mom's room was in another, like the other side of the house. So she was like, I think I'm covered. And, uh, Uh, As soon as she put her foot down to open her door, she realized that uh, Willow's door was open and her mom was there uh, talking. And of all things, she was talking to a wind chime. And it was actually a a famous wind chime uh, uh, from, uh, I mean, I don't want to brag, but it was a jug band wind chime with all these members of a jug band band and she she was saying willow okay willow uh okay tell me more willow are you there willow uh, play one of the the jug band wind chime instruments and she hadn't perfected this one each wind chime was supposed to kind of sound like an instrument from a jug band like a washboard or a, you know a jug which is tough she was still crafting it uh, she's a oh uh, uh francis is a bespoke Wind chime maker, or wanted to be, or did she made? She just didn't sell. She one day maybe she would be the most famous wind chime maker in the world, and hopefully she'll sponsor my productions. But so she was singing, and then she looked over and she saw Dari trying to sneak in, and she said, "Did you just get home?" And Dari said, "My uh, my, ma, ma, what my?" And she said, "Come in here and sit down next to me." And Dari was like, "Oh boy, I'm busted." But she said, listen, listen, your sister's here. And she said, where? And she said, in this, within, like, she's talking to me through the wind chime. And just like anyone, uh, you know, it's not something you hear every day. So you say, wait a second. So Willow's talking to you through the wind chime, Mom? And she was holding the wind chime. And she said, yeah, yeah, Willow, your, your sister's here. She just snuck in. Don't know where she was. Where were you? Uh, I went to Dad's. So Willow's not visiting Dad. Okay, we'll talk about that later. Uh, Willow, I know you're not at Lenny's because uh, your sister looked for you there. So where? talk to your sister now, too, and tell her. We'll also discuss consequences later. And nothing happened. And Dory said, Mom, have you been talking to the wind chime all night? She says, I'm not talking to the wind chime, I'm talking to your sister. And uh, Dari said, Mom, please go to bed for a little while. Like, uh, let's lie down here together. And they got in Willow's bed, and they snuggled up. uh, And, you know, while it might not be fair, Dari tried to hold and comfort her mom, but she felt held as she held and comforted her mom. And uh, they did both eventually fall asleep together for a little while. And meanwhile, morning had come, and it was at my house. I'd had a sleepover with Vaughn and LJ, and my parents didn't know that Billy... Oh, so this is part of a story you probably have to be caught up on, too, is that uh, So at some point we were looking for Willow, and instead of Willow, we had looked in the swamp, and we had said, uh, well, if Willow went on a wild goose chase after Canadian geese or Canada geese, uh, we'll find her. And we found this other being... Uh, who we call Billy, which was a bill like a, a be like, and may, maybe at a time we, we thought Vaughn might be right. Is this a being from outer space? It was a duck, uh, a duckish bill, but not a normal duck bill color on a beaver with webbed feet. Uh, it was a being we'd never seen before, named Billy. And Billy was seemed to be lost, and we took Billy home. To my house and uh, drive them off and then uh, we realized that Billy had come from the place beyond the swamp uh, and Billy also said I know where I think I know where your friend Willow is and we also realized that Billy has magical powers via song or superpowers uh, and it'll come up more. Uh, just for an example, Billy Head sang the song uh, Right Here, Right Now, and, or made the lyrics, not, not the lyrics, uh, some sort of throat singing or B- Bill singing, and it made us all freeze right there, right now, or right then, I guess, in that case. So, but we were, so that is where we were. We said, okay, well, if you know where Willow is, we need to find Willow after school again today and tonight. And we were calling it Operation Dark and Wood after the famous, uh, some of the more famous campaigns and novels based on uh, Bard and, and, and Bunny's campaigns uh, by Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman. They had written all these amazing novels based on campaigns they had run in uh, uh, Bard and Lance was uh, like the world they had created. And we so we always like liked that lore. And there was a place called Darkin Wood. that was a bit like we were calling it, the, the, the place beyond the swamp, uh, the tunnel we had to go through. And we were making preparations, you know, getting spitballers, you know, like uh, that's what LJ had. And said, yeah, I'm going to make these giant slimy spitballs and then, you know, and then flashlights. And, and then, of course, Vaughn had a lot of snacks and we said okay. Then we realized that uh, Billy couldn't go to school. So I said, Billy, okay, we'll meet you after school, like in the dry spot, uh, a little bit behind my house. And of course, Billy looked unsure. And I said, okay. And then I said, oh, well, I'll, I'll give you my Marty Moose watch. Uh, and I said Marty Moose watch, and I said, yeah, it, it tells the time. What's you know, it was a new concept a little bit to uh, Billy. And I said. When little paw is pointing at three and longer paw is pointing at, uh, like, uh, uh, uh also three, when those two are both pointing at three, I think that would be, like, the time we'd meet. And then we'd discuss, wait a second, are you sure? And then Billy said, what about the tail? And I said, well, that's the second hand. And then we talked about the concept of seconds. But that got complicated, and we eventually said, well, just ignore that. Just, uh, and I said, okay, when the two pause, and then we actually showed. And then I said, also, don't wind the watch, because this is the second mechanism I had to have uh, put in my watch, because I used to overwind it. Uh, so Billy said, don't wind the watch, uh, both at three. And I said, that's right, right, 3.15. And then we agreed, and then we said, okay, we'll meet you after school. Uh, Now, another thing that was going on at the same exact time as we headed off to school was uh, Bull Leon, the head of our community resource uh, team, and a few members of Bull's team had headed off actually to the place Beyond the Swamp, uh, which we as kids really didn't know about. Uh, First, they uh, were going to just look around, but Beyond the Swamp was this thing called the Visitor Center. And, uh, we, you know, we had snuck some looks at it, uh, but it was like just a rundown buildings that were bigger than anything in our town. They didn't, their size was massive. Uh, we called it ruins, like just like in Bards and Big Bunnies. Uh, but the community lore was so thick that even none of us, we would dare people to go, but no one actually went. People had said they went even, it turned out they were making it up, uh, like that there was no kids that actually would go there. One of the reasons was because it was uh, separated by a tunnel and a road. And the road would have these vehicles coming that were much bigger than any of our vehicles, mysterious vehicles, rarely seen, but they would be seen or heard throughout a community. And the rumor was that there was no animals driving them. And now most people said, well, that's because the perspective, you couldn't see in the window of the vehicle because it's so big. But because everyone knew, you never know when one of those is going to come by. Truck, very much like our trucks, but much, much bigger. That you couldn't, and they were going so fast. uh, Again, that, that had had consequences before. So you would never go on the road because it was like, and then on top of that, to go to a place with ruins and giant, mysterious, rundown buildings uh, was not, you know, a good idea. But, you know, Leon and the community resource team knew that there was activity uh, beyond the swamp, which us kids didn't know. I guess only uh, authority figures knew But first they checked around the road and, uh, uh, like, uh, they found an old street sign uh, that one of uh, Bull's assistants pointed out and said, Hey, Bull, look at this. Remember these signs used to be up? uh, Do not stop at any time uh, for any reason. You know, listed, like, never stop. Uh, And he said, what is this? Like, and there was other words on there that he didn't understand, And they said, all right, let's go to this visitor center uh, and check in. And they said, do you really think those vehicles that go, the trucks go by, the giant trucks, uh, do you believe the stuff people say about them? And uh, Bull said, I don't know. Like, uh, they said, do you really think no one's driving them? Like, remember that? He said, old Misty Jones, she was up in a tree, and she said she looked right in the window, and there was no one behind the steering wheel. And, uh, I heard the robots or computers or something, some sort of, uh, like they're run by electronics and bull said, it sounds like baloney to me. And they went down to the other side of the swamp, which was rare, but, uh, bull knew that behind the other side of the swamp was something called a bog walk, uh, that was run down, but it led to this visitor center. But outside the visitor center, there was a couple of weasels on duty, guard weasels dressed in uh, uh, uniforms, and they are part of a larger, larger organization of the swamp and the woodlands. A secret authority, well, you know, run by secret authorities beyond just commu- greater community resources, we'll say. So... Uh, uh, Leon said, Hey, how you doing? And the weasels said, what do you want? Uh, and, uh, said, well, I'm in town uh, and I need to speak to somebody who's in charge. Uh, uh, and they said, mm, uh, don't worry about it. And he said, well, I'm worried about it. Uh, can I come in? Can I look around? And they said, no looking around. The visitor center, no visitors in the visitor center. Hardy, har, har, uh, And everybody looked at each other, and they said, yeah. And they said, well, what do you got going on in there? Uh, And is it true that uh, this is where, you know, one of the Bulls' assistants said, is this where they, like, do stuff to keep – are humans real, or is that just a rumor? And the weasels looked at each other and said, don't worry about it. Uh, And Bull said, listen, like, can you just check in with somebody that's in charge here and uh, find out – like, we just have this kid, Willow, and we think she went off, uh, she either went off on a goose chase, uh, so we just need any signs that the Canadian geese have been over here, uh, so we can, I can go back and figure out if she just headed off to be a busker or start her music career, which is what we think happened. But we just got to, you know, dot the T's and cross the I's and make sure that the gooses didn't lead her on some goose chase. Or I don't know if you have any kids," uh, Bull said to these uh, weasel guards. Uh, but you know, what if sees, somebody said these kids, uh, the, her, her friends, might have double dared her to go through the tunnel? So we just want to make sure. Uh, that, you know, that's it. And they they looked at it and they said, "Okay, okay, let us let us look into it more." And then they actually got let into the visitor center. Uh, and they saw that the inside was not like the outside. Uh, you, you know, the first floor looked run down, uh, and in case anybody went in there. But they brought uh, them through another door down to the next level, which again kind of looked run down but was functional. And that was levels below that level. But even on the functional level, they the, the head of uh, the we, another weasel uh, but ahead of the weasels, Said, well, you know, I can't, I can't, what I can tell you is that uh, the geese, uh, they've gone. Most of the Canadian geese aren't even around anymore. The Canada geese, they went back to Canada. So I don't think any geese led your kid here. And the gates were closed. Just so I don't think that the, the kid went through the gates of the tunnel either. And Bull said, well, how do you know that for a fact? Uh, or what about did the kid cross the road? And the head of the weasel said, well, he know, actually, I know because we could hear you coming. And they, Bull said, what? And they said, yeah, we use sound. Uh, uh, we, we, we monitor all the sound in the area. So at the tunnel, we know if the gates went up or somebody touched the gates, we can hear the road, the gravel on the sides of the road. We can hear the trucks coming. Uh, but we can't talk about that anymore. I shouldn't even have brought that up. Uh, so, we like, and what they didn't say between the lines is we could hear everything in your whole town. But uh, Bull said, okay, well, can I just listen to the sounds? Maybe I could hear something that you didn't hear the night uh, Willow, maybe I could hear them double daring Willow or swimming near it. And they said, yeah, sure, sure, come on down to our listening lab, which was another level down, more modern. Uh, and as they walked, of course, the other two resource officers were like, well, is, is, so we were wondering, do you think, is it true humans evolved uh, or we evolved from humans? And they said, well, I don't know, we're just weasels, man. Do you think, like, uh, if humans returned, uh, like, uh, and and again, we're just weasels, uh, you never heard a human on there? Are those trucks driven by, and they they did say, okay, I shouldn't have brought up the trucks, uh, the weasel said, but uh, they're not doing anything. They're just like some sort of, they go, yeah, there's automated trucks uh, permanently running some routes, solar-powered so there's nothing to worry about other than you know the trucks coming at unpredictable times uh and bull said, well why don't we work together to form an early warning system or something and and the the, the weasel said, why don't you just stay off the road like uh and bull said, okay, fair enough uh, he said the trucks are just running and they said, yeah just running from pre you know from the human days uh but yeah, there's no humans, nothing to worry about." And Bull said, well, that sounds odd to me. Uh, But then they went and listened, and uh, they listened, and they didn't hear anything. They didn't hear anything on the road. They didn't hear anything near the tunnel to go to the place beyond the swamp or the bog walk or anything. Not really very many sounds. Uh, So they left the lab. Uh, But as they left the lab uh, and got ready to drive off, uh, they said, uh, to, uh, the other resource officers, uh, like, uh, they said, well, I guess that's it except for that. Well, you know, that's odd and all that stuff. Uh, and he said, uh, what phase was the moon, uh, a few nights ago? And they said, uh, uh what do you mean? They said, did you hear any, uh, croaking and those tapes? Uh, I think if you look up the phase of the moon, you'd realize that that was a high croaking night and uh, uh, there was no croaking going on. As a frog, even I, was thinking about croaking my heart out that night. And they said phases of the moon, and they They were a bit confused because they didn't have as depth of knowledge that uh, uh, Leon did. Now, meanwhile, Dari had gone to school. Uh, mostly just to check in because as soon as she got there, the school uh, authorities were like, Dari, Dari, shouldn't you just be home? Uh, you don't need to come in. We were like, uh, we'll send your work home. You don't even need to do any work right now. Just think about, you know, just rest with you and your mom and, and, and take care of your mom. And Darry said, okay, well, uh, and like, uh, I just got to get some stuff out of my locker. And they, and then, uh, uh, maybe I'll just have Babs collect my assignments. And the school said, Okay, okay. But meanwhile, Tefe said, Hey, uh, what, what if I collect your assignments? Uh, I could get your assignments for you. Babs, who? Uh, Tefe's on the job, Dari. And Dari said, Shouldn't you be in class? And then actually, one of the three said, Tefe, shouldn't you be in class? And Babs said, Yeah, what class is Babs? Uh, 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 and then Dari said, uh, "Taffy was uh, huffed and went back to class, but really just went to the restroom. Uh, and then Dari said, well, what class is Babs in? And they, they said, uh, chlorophyll 104. And uh, she headed over there and she said, is Babs here? And the teacher said, Babs is out today. Uh, shouldn't you be home? Shouldn't you? I thought Babs was going to get your assignments. Uh, shouldn't you know where Babs is? Uh And Dari said, weird, uh, that's odd, but uh, thanks, Uh, and Dari left. And Dari got a feeling like, uh, huh, that's weird. Uh, So she went to the phone and called. Now, this is back when you had to pay to use the phone, public phones, uh, ancient times to, to, to probably you listening and she called Babs' house and said, "Hey, is Babs there?" And they said, "Dory, is that you? Are you? How's it? Why are you calling on the phone? Shouldn't you be resting? Or uh, should you even be using your phone? Because not many people had to call waiting in this day, and definitely not Dory, uh, and Francis and Willow." And Dory said, "No, no. Uh, uh, why? Just like, can I talk to Babs?" They said, "Well, I thought Babs was at your house uh, helping out." Uh, She's not with you and Dari. Uh, and this was something Dari would greatly regret. She used to, she said, Oh, sorry. I'm just so stressed about Willow. I forgot. Babs was at my house with my mom and then went to, was going to go to the library. I went to school. I, I just went and they said, Oh yeah, that's, that makes sense. Well, tell Babs to give us a call when you see her. And, uh, uh, that's like, uh, understand that your feelings. And, uh, Dari said, oh yeah, thanks. And the other thing I want you to know is that meanwhile, like over there at the visitor center, they were listening to all of this. Uh, so, uh, they were listening into all these conversations and, and, you know, it's foreshadowing. Okay. That they could hear everything we were saying and they must've had the resources to listen to everything we were saying, they probably weren't listening as closely to at the middle school where, uh, myself, uh, LJ and Vaughn were trying to go to school and we were on recess and we were kind of t- playing in on our uh, journey in dark and wood and just saying Raceland or, uh, you know, uh, Tika, like, uh, golden moon. We were talking about all our favorite characters, uh, and kind of saying, okay, I can't wait to, to, to do that. Uh, yeah, but really we were like hoping to find our friend willow right and, and you know maybe cover up our other feelings or distract ourselves with the feelings of adventure but the two two of these river bottom wannabes uh, from our school that weren't nice came up and they said uh, oh look who it is uh uh one short of uh, a, a quadrant of something i don't even know what they said and we said be quiet uh and they said, L-O-Z-E-R or something. we said, what do you mean? And they said, don't you know, you like, uh, your friend Willow ditched you all? And they, we said, no, she didn't. And they said, yeah, yeah, we heard. My dad said that uh, Willow, like, went, went out to Riverbottom to try to start her career because, you know, without you three dragging her down, like, she was the most talented, but she'll be back. Or maybe she won't. She'll just be like a busker, like uh, uh, tap dancing for nickels. Uh, and they thought that was the funniest and We were like, what are you talking about? And they said, listen, your friend Willow was uh, thought she had potential without you three. With you three, no potential. And we said, what? And they said, yeah, she always used to tell us uh, you were holding her back uh, in her career. We said, no, that's not true. Uh, she was our friend, and they, she said, well, you, she just needed you for rehearsal only. We said, but we played Bards and Bunnies. Uh, and then they said, that sounds like kids' stuff, you, you know, change your diapers or something. And we said, "Uh," oh. And they headed off. Now, back in my house, Billy was there, and she was kind of looking around our house. She was bored. And she actually snuck into Tefe's room and looked at Tefe's outer oils uh, and actually saw a picture of Tefe, Dari, and Babs. And she kind of paused and looked at Babs and had a sense of something. Uh, She even touched Babs' picture and it kind of gave her the chills. Um, Then she went down and she actually turned on the TV and was trying to watch TV. She wasn't super familiar with TV. And at some point an ad came on with this music, a really popular song at the time. And it was for, uh, and they said, it's time to pump up the jam, uh, with Dino Puffs, a uh, uh, jam edition, uh, uh, pump, pump it up. Uh, but Billy started looking and then Billy started to drift into her own memories and she remembered a mo- moment from not that long ago, where she was in the, the visitor center in one of the lower levels, uh, with Doctor Max and other other part, you know, other scientists watching her. And they were asking her to pump up a, uh, puff up the cereal, like, and sing, pump up the jam. And she was, she was singing it through her bill and her throat uh, and puffing up the cereal to like 30 or 40 times its size until some of the marshmallow jam-filled puffs popped and covered everybody with jam. But they were very uh, impressed. Uh, But she didn't, she said, why am I doing this? I'm just a kid. And as she drifted, you know, back from that memory, she kind of felt forlorn and wondered when it was going to be like 3.15 or the two hands were going to be on the three. Uh, back at Francis's house, uh, she was putting up wind chimes. Then she went to her work and bought more wind chimes. Then she bought uh, like uh, teacups and spoons and forks and a uh, fishing line, anything you could use to, to make you know bamboo, everything you could use to make homemade wind chimes too. And a new phone, and she told her boss, just let me just put it on my, you know, tab. Give me a break. And she started putting up wind chimes all through the house, just randomly, and then trying to make wind chimes. And my mom showed up to kind of make small talk and bring her uh, some lunch uh, and dinner because my mom's like that, you know, she's uh, caring. But my mom also wanted to stick around and, you know, uh, Check in, and she said, That's a lot of wind chimes. And uh, Francis said, Yeah, yeah, w- Willow love wind chimes, and you know, when I would make them, uh, so I've been thinking about taking it back up to you know, like uh, now, meanwhile, my youngest sibling followed the wind chimes in- into uh, Willow's room where the wind chimes started making this ominous noise, and then she thought she saw bunny ears outside the window. And the bunny ears were trying to open up the window with the ears, uh, which was weird. So she ran off. But meanwhile, Francis had run in there and run into her. And Francis was a little bit you know, bent. She said, did you see bunny ears? And she said, e- and then my mom said, we got it. And she said, I think it's time for you to head out with your c- casserole. Thank you. I need to do stuff. Uh, and, uh, she left it at that now back uh, with, uh, they had headed it to the library where actually someone that Leon used to date was there and not too pleased with, but they said, we got to do some research. And they said, knock yourself out. And they started looking into stuff like the trucks, uh, in the road, in the visitor center. And they found out the visitor center was run by Dr. Max and that it was funded, uh, to, to find out if humans were not only if humans were real, but what if humans came to our swamp, like, uh, and that they weren't just using sound waves uh, to uh, listen into things, but what if sound waves could be used to keep humans? Uh, the studies about uh, skeeters and stuff and sound waves, and then like making what if the song of uh, young. Uh, that some people had these young, powerful, uh, sonic sound abilities, uh, like magic powers. What if those were real? And they said, she, she said, Whoa, Whoa, this is interesting stuff. Yeah. Then it was, uh, the two hands were on the three. So, uh, Billy had headed out behind my house uh, to wait for us. And, uh, We were headed there, but Billy had a little while and saw these ferns just growing and started again to drift back uh, to when she was back below the visitor center, alone with a fern, and uh, Dr. Max had told her to start singing the song by BBD, uh, Bovine Beavers and Ducks, uh, like a band that we were, again, a very popular one. Uh, like that was like a P O I S something stuff, not for good for plants, uh, it, like something in full effect, uh, you ready, you know, and it was, had different, you know, cow sounds and duck sounds and beaver sounds. You ready, You ready to slap your tail? You know, that kind of thing. Slap, did a slap, did a slap, uh, like with your tail and, and then, uh uh like she remembered that she was supposed to use that song to make the, the some of the leaves fall off the fern and she said no and dr max said dude darn go to your room uh, uh and be escorted by these two uh, uh weasels to your room uh, no dinner and you know, just like any kid sent to the room without dinner, uh, especially like uh, for doing what they felt was within their value system, Billy was not happy. So she started to sing it to the two weasels that were supposed to escort her. Uh, well, from the young fun, the the famous movie about uh, the West and uh, these young these young beings that had fun with one another. Uh, she sang the song, Lie Down in a, in a Haze of Glory. And she sang that song that this bright light came that increased, immediately increased the weasel's melatonin production so much that when the light went away, they fell fa- fell fell sound asleep. And Dr. Max watched all this and then swept uh, Billy up in his arms and carried her off uh, to, to dinner in bed. And he was very happy and pleased with her. And we, she didn't know if, like, uh, he was pleased with her by accident or pleased with her on purpose. Uh, and, it, you know, it created a, you know, low-level mistrust. Then we showed up, uh, it, like, and she came back and we said, are you okay? She said, yeah, just, you know, thinking about stuff. Uh, they said, well, let's go find Willow. And then we started going and, and we were telling her about how the, the kids at school said that Willow, like, when LJ and Vaughn were like, are you sure Willow, you know where Willow is? Uh, and I said, yeah, yeah, just uh, this way. Willow's here. And they said, well, our friends, everybody's saying that Willow just moved away to start her career. And we, mean you know, what if that's the case? We're just wasting our time. And I said, I said, yeah. And she said, they're just, you know, they're just trying to upset your feelings. And I said, yeah, they're is ss And yeah, we talked about it. And she said, no, no, no. Willow's your friend. She wouldn't leave without telling you to start a career. Or if you're, you weren't on, she would have helped you be better musicians if she thought that. And I don't think L.J. and Vaughn bought it, but I did. I said, "You're right. She's our friend." Uh, and she said, "Yeah, let's go find your friend." Uh, now I don't. I'm not a music theorist, so this next part. Uh, but so back at Francis's house, Willow and Dari's house, Francis was there, and she was working, uh, uh, tuning all sorts of wind chimes and waiting. And then finally, the wind chimes started to ring, and she said, "Willow, are you here?" You know, ring. Yeah, uh, and Willow, you know, play do, Re do, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do if you're here or you're, oh, you're, you're, if you're really there. And she did across all the wind chimes. And then Francis said, talk to me. And then she, she just kept playing do, Re mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. Then she played other things. And then, uh. Uh, Frances went to a lot of work, which I can't get into, but arranging all the wind chimes uh, and trying to do it by notes, uh, like a giant wind chime piano uh, is the best way I could describe it. Uh, And then she said, you know, I gave you piano lessons, Willow, to play piano for me. Now, unfortunately, Willow did start playing songs, which were clearly songs uh, by Windchime Piano uh, for her mother or some other, you know, being did. And she played four different songs, but Willow, uh, uh, Francis didn't know what songs Willow was playing. And so she was like, I don't know what these songs are. What are you trying to tell me? And then the radio started fuzzing, but it was like it could only fuzz, and she said, "Oh well, I'll turn the radio on, oh okay," and she turned the radio on, and uh, then she start- she then she had to listen to the radio for a long time until the songs happened to come on, which I think probably will maybe had control over, but not a full control over, so it was like a two hour period of just listening to the radio, but eventually she said, oh, "Okay, the first song." Is here I am, baby. Oh, okay, so you are here. And then the next song, she said, oh, you're thinking about me and I'm thinking about you. You're thinking about you. And then the next song was, oh, I just want to hold you tight. Oh, so do I, Willow. I just want to hold you tight. What should I do? And then the last song was called Rush, Rush. And she said, rush, rush, where, rush, rush, and then it felt like a bunny was jumping outside the house, a big, big bunny, rumbling, rumbling. And then she just kept playing the chorus, rush, 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 over and over again on the wind chimes and the radio, in fuzz and wind chime piano. And then uh, Frances realized, okay, I better rush out here. She rushed out of the house. Now, meanwhile, Dari had gone to, to, to again, kind of uh, retrace her steps with Babs, and uh, she did find where they had parked and maybe where Babs had gone off, uh, and she followed Babs' steps, and then she found some bunny goose feather goo, and then Babs' steps ended, and then after that were bunny, gigantic bunny feet, uh, hopping off into the swamp and towards where the, uh, the tunnel was. And she said, oh no. And so she ran home, uh, to her mom. And we, so meanwhile, we were like right on the edge of their property. And we realized that we said, this is Willow's house. Uh, uh, and that's where, Uh, Billy had led us. And then Vaughn and uh, LJ got really upset. They said, this is Willow's house. And she said, yes, she's here, Billy said. And they said, she's not here. Uh, We know that is a fact. Uh, Why did you bring us here? You're just trying to make us happy so we'll be friends with you. And we said, like, why did you bring us here? She's not here. And we even checked. uh, And this was before, like, after... Uh, Francis had run out of the house, so there was no one there. And there was no bunny there either. But uh, And then we were all arguing very loudly when we heard the sounds of the community resource. It said, hey, community resource meeting. And so we followed it, and we all arrived at the edge of town. And at a place that says no dumping, like that. no one's supposed to dump any of their garbage there and dumped at the bottom of this no-dumping sign. It was a former dumping ground, but you know, going okay, we're re- restoring this dumping area. There was this gigantic pile of material, and this was like when cassette tapes and CDs and the records, they were all in production. It was records and cassette tapes and CDs, and ripped open boxes and waterlogged, and everybody was gathered around chattering, and it got there just at the same time as we did. It had ambitions in the past of being a lounge singer uh, in a failed career, but I don't want to get into that. So like, picked one up and saw that it was Willow on the cover of this big record uh, singing, and then flipped it over, and they frowned and threw it on the ground uh, because it had already been through something and gone and moved to the big city and moved home and not in a positive way. But we saw it throw down and we said, What record is it? What is going on? And then we each just started to pick one up and everybody went quiet and we looked at it and it was a willow on the cover of the album and she was singing. And then we flipped over and looked at the listing and the tracks and every single song. Uh, was like, it had, it was like her first album or something, but it had been dumped. Uh, but he, they were all songs about our town and us in the non, like, it was not a comedy album, but it was like, it was like a breakup album. It said our town stinks. Uh, I'm better than you. you I'm best. You're the rest. Uh, and Tefe sitting in a tree. Uh, uh, Goodbye, Mom, Hello, City, uh, Bull Baloney. Uh, there's songs, I can't even tell you what it said about Vaughn and LJ and I. Uh, never be the best, uh, and then parenthesis, Friend. And then Consider This the End, I Won't Be Back. That was the last song, and so I dro- dropped from my hands. And then, of course, we were very all very frustrated with Billy for leading us there. Because we said, why'd you lead us here for our friend, like, uh, like, why'd you tell us our friend, the, 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 the the weasels, they were right. Uh, how could Willow do this to us? And how could you tell us that Willow wasn't going to do this to us and move away to the big city? And I was so upset. I ran all the way home, uh, Uh, crying, I'll be honest with you. And my mom was there and I told her uh, Emma really did move away and start an album. And it was like, uh, like a totally like the album was about her angst around all of it. And my mom just held me. And meanwhile, Frances had run out of her house while Dari was running home to tell her mom that, uh, she thinks that Babs was in a pickle. And her mom ran into her and was like, well, I just, like, so they just held each other beyond words, more than words, uh, as what was going on between the two of them. And uh, then everyone held one another and said, let's go to bed and let's just hold on to those we care about, uh, because it's such a precious reminder that all will be well. Uh, The loving embrace or the memory of a loving embrace of our family members. And so we went to bed. Good night.